Good evening, my little darklings, and welcome back. Nights have shifted, things have changed, but only for this week, my friends. And because I had one night live at home, and I wanted to share it with my buddies and all of you, stay tuned. You've entered my realm. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 News. My friends, I am exhausted, but I am here after many hours of traveling the beautiful globe of this world. I've reappeared here in Minnesota for one, one night only, and this is it. So I decided if I'm going to be here, I should be here with my team, with my crew, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from some undisclosed location. Chachi, good evening, sir. Dave, I would not miss it. Good to have you back, buddy. Thank you. Good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, you might recognize him as the greatest American hero. To us, he's just the colonel. Ladies and gentlemen, Martin Vaez. Good evening. Dave, how are you doing, Dave? And it looks like you uh, have uh, traveled quite a distance to to be here with your friends and family. I'm sure they appreciate that. I I thought you were going to take a shot at me for wearing my Garth Brooks shirt that you're going to be like, looks like oh. you're channeling your inner Garth Brooks. Uh, I didn't want to go yeah. there, but since you did, let's, let's, let's talk about that. No, no let's not. Let's not. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from some secluded underground bunker or mad asylum, the one and only guy I trust to send on the road when I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> the paranormal detective himself, Greg Lawson. Well, thank you, right. Dave. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's uh, that's a creepy background you got it's there. It's dusty in here, man. It is really. Yeah. And there's, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's lots of asbestos in here. I'm I'm sure that, does it smell like peppermint here? Yeah, yeah. It smells nice like chloroform, sure. actually. Oh, nice. All right, so this is what we're going to do tonight. Uh, we've got news that we're going to go through pretty quickly here, and then I'm going to talk with you guys and our audience about the trip to Germany and Prague, sharing some of the cool experiences. And I will be sharing a clip, a video clip, of a very controversial spirit communication. But Mm. one that I got to see happen not once, not twice, but three times a lady at Huska Castle with our Australian friends Anne and Renata. For those of you that listen to the Paranormal 60 network here you hear every friday on the show you get uh, the true hauntings podcast with Ann and renata and i got to travel with them for the last two weeks and uh, while we were at huska castle i threw down the gauntlet and these ladies did not threw it did not down. let me down oh yeah and we we had some ex- exciting stuff plus i'm gonna do i challenged myself guys to a upon further review i tasked myself with watching what I was pretty sure was going to be a horrible movie. We'll discuss that in a little bit, but let's get started. 
uh, as I know that we all have a lot to get done tonight and a lot to get through, and I want to make sure we can handle all this at once. Chachi, you have the floor, sir. I appreciate it, sir. We have a unique story to start the evening here. A man has said that he has had daily UFO encounters, which have been investigated by NASA and the CIA. There's our gentleman right there, 62-year-old Christopher Bledsoe, claims that he has had daily encounters with UFOs since 2007 and that they have been investigated by both NASA and the CIA. He's a construction mogul from North Carolina who recently told the DailyMail.com that in 2007 he was broke and desperate with thoughts of ending his life. He claims that it was a walk in the woods around Cape Fear Lake that changed his life. Now, I don't want to interrupt the story here, Dave, but I'm not sure I'm going to walk around Cape Fear Lake if I'm thinking about ending my life. It doesn't sound like the place you want to be. No, no. Well, I, it isn't that North Carolina's got all kinds of alligators and stuff near their lakes. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> if Dave said got, so. Yeah, right, exactly. I got within 40 feet of the top of the hill, and I cried out, whoever's up there, please help me. And I never expected to see what I saw. About 150 feet in the air, he says, appeared two glowing orbs. He claims that these orbs have visited him every night since then, and he has taken over 2,000 videos of these orbs flying over his home in just the past two years. NASA investigated his UFO encounters in 2008 and continued to do so for eight years. They did their homework, he said. I was 46 years old, and I could not even buy my children lunch. That's how mm. bad it was. I lost everything. When I got up 40 feet on that hill, the first thing I noticed was that the sun was setting. But then I saw these two things out there in front of me. So I knew what I was looking at wasn't anything from the military or anything we had in our world. It was from another world. North Carolina, to your point, Dave, is one of the United States' most hot spots for UFOs, with numerous reports being made every year. And Christopher claims he was visited by a being in one of these in 2012 that reassured him. She looked at me and said, you know why I'm here? If you do this, I will always be with you and help you. I will help you with witnesses. Immediately, I could share it with my parents and the U.S. government. I am probably the most studied person in the world now. Now, what's interesting wow. is, mm -hmm. I would think we would have heard of Mr. Bledsoe before now. Have any of the three of you heard of Mr. Bledsoe? I have. He's written a book called UFO of God by Chris Bledsoe, and I do have him on the docket to be talking to him sometime soon. So hopefully he'll be on the show within the next month. All right. That's what and I was hoping you uh, would say. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's like you guys like to deliver. That. I like to deliver. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Marty. It's like it, but it's yes, not. It's not. Crazy. Um, hey, before we jump into the next two stories, which I think is a good lead in for this, uh, tomorrow... We're back with another live show, another live program tomorrow night, the Paranormal 60 Serial Killers and Their Demons with Exorcist G.P. Haggard. Dr. Haggard will be here to talk to us about exorcism, demonic possession, and do beings really inhabit serial killers? And how do they get access? How do they get access to any any one of us? We'll talk with Dr. Haggard tomorrow. Brand new episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I got in today from traveling, came in, recorded that episode. It will be up for you tomorrow. And then here we are doing news. So, uh, Marty. Hey, where did you land today? 
I landed at uh, twelve thirty-five. Good gosh! Got to my house by two thirty. Uh, pulled my news for you guys. Got it all lined up. Uh, did my interview at five o'clock with the guest for tomorrow. Laid down until an hour before showtime. Doing this. I love this though. This is this is, this the, is energizing for me. So got the paddles on the chest at eight o'clock, and then here you are. <laughs> when when, he, when he's charging up the car battery as we speak, That's right? Get me going as I have to be at the airport at nine thirty in the morning. So she's gonna uh, she's gonna have to leap my heart back into it. So I'm ready to go to North Carolina tomorrow. That's right. I'll be at Raleigh, North Carolina for GalaxyCon, July twenty seventh through the thirtieth. You can get tickets at galaxycon.com. It is the perfect combination of sci-fi, nerddom, paranormal, action adventure. You want to meet cool celebrities, that's the place to go. I'm going to be there all weekend, and I hope you'll come on out and see me. Come by my table, visit. I'll have uh, jewelry, my bracelets. I will have copies of my books, autographed pictures. I'm giving away hugs and selfies What for a free. Deal. What a I'm deal. out of control. Yeah. God. You give too right, much of yourself, Dave. You do, Dave. I like to give a little bit of myself yeah. to people. I like, you know, I like to uh, spread the Dave around. There that you go. Really... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can edit uh, that out on the show. That didn't roll pretty, off right there, Dave. Pretty <laughs> pretty sure, uh, left the nasty yeah. taste in my mouth, I'm not going to lie. All right, uh, Martin, where are we going next, sir? You know, we've all talked about this amongst the three of us here, four of mm -hmm. us, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, is the government hiding alien spacecraft yes we may find this out tomorrow dave last Ooh. month a u.s whistleblower made headlines around the world after claiming the government was hiding evidence of non-human intelligence former intelligence officer david charles grush alleged the u.s is intact and partially intact alien vehicles but is keeping them secret from the public mr grush who led the analysis of an unexplained anonymous anomalous within a U.S. Department of Defense agency told the debrief that information on these vehicles was being illeg illegally withheld <laughs> from Congress. Yes. He added when he turned over classified information about the vehicles to Congress, he suffered a retaliation from officials. Oh, yeah. Those claims have been supported by Republican Congressman Tim Burchett, who told the Washington Examiner he thinks the government has been holding stuff back since Roswell in 1947 Man. and maybe even be prior to that. And and there, Greg, you may know something more about this, too, as, as your book may talk about. Yeah. Now, however, Mr. Gresh and two others will testify before the U.S. House of Representatives, or as we like to call Congress, and mm. everyone can tune in on YouTube tomorrow, Wednesday, July 26th. Ooh. This is a typical example of a thing we see most of, said Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the Pentagon's all-domain anomaly resolution office, or otherwise known as AARO. We see, mm -hmm. all, we see <laughs> these all over the world, and we see these making very interesting apparent maneuvers. So I'm not sure if that's actually the picture that uh, they're going to be showing tomorrow in front of no. Congress, but, you know. Probably not. Pretty interesting I stuff. something yeah. that they just moved people off the committee or onto the committee or something, I heard. I don't know. Like, I've been in Prague in Germany. There's could be. Yeah. 
That could be. I, I don't know. There's 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 people getting fired and hired to committees all week long there, uh, Chach. I when are you going to slip into one of those? When am I going to get on one? Yeah. I, you know what? I, I missed a couple of calls earlier today. It could have been that. Um, I, I, I check my voicemail, see what happens. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. What are you drinking there, Greg? That's a fancy looking Ooh, pale look ale that. or stout. What do you call it? It's a little uh, Lone Star, a little, uh, little, little Texas beer for my friends. Yeah, Ooh, nice. Good only stuff. filtered once. Fancy. Wow. Filtered with a cheesecloth. Yeah, I'm That's drinking. How they do in uh, Texas? I'm drinking straight up lemonade. I wish it had booze in it, but uh, I would not make it through this episode or wake up tomorrow if I even have a sip of booze. Yeah, I would be drinking nice. coffee at this point, Dave, just to make sure that yeah. you wake up tomorrow to be able to go to. No, I'm drinking lemonade, but I've got a coffee colonic going through this entire Ooh, show. Good wow. idea. Keeping me fresh, and Winnie's just yeah. jumping up and down on it like Winnie the Pooh, trying to get the last wow. bit of honey out wow. of the jar. Wow. wow. That's quite the that, visual you just That made. is, really. That image is just the like... visual right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did I yeah. sear it in a little bit? Yeah, yeah I think there. you did there, Dave. Just saying. All right, uh, Gregory. Hey, old what buddies. Have you, what have you got to share with us? Well, you know, um, this is a really interesting uh, little little piece here. Uh, because mm -hmm. we get a little, we get to see behind the scenes into some, uh, you know, very, very protected kind of people. Oh. Physical torture exposed a paranormal team to supernatural influence. Ooh. That's right. I bet you can't guess who either. Many of the paranormal investigations seen on Ghost Adventures aren't too physically demanding. While Zach Baggins and the crew sometimes feel sick or weird due to spiritual energy exploring indoor spots like Bobby Mackey's music world and the Cecil hotel isn't exactly a cardio workout, but mm. sometimes the guys head outdoors to spots like Lake Mead, which require them to navigate pretty rough terrain. Jay Wasley told TV Insider that the investigation involving a two-hour ATV ride and a record-breaking number of steps to get where they needed to be all in cold weather. Cold weather. Cold Not weather. hot. You know how it is out there, man. We ain't Texas no more. Nevada. Yeah. However, yeah, we know how cold that which is. is a, yeah, which is a desert. <laughs> what? It's only 115 today, I think. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so... However, according to Wasley, this physical exhaustion was beneficial to their ghost hunting effort. The physical stress we put on ourselves, we were definitely pushed with this investigation. I think the weird way that helps with the paranormal experiences as well, because our bodies and minds are already stressed getting there, he said. Our guard is down. We're fragile and open to whatever is going to be there, which adds another terrifying element. Investigations that require such stress are few and far between on ghost adventures. So when the team is exploring a hotel, prison, or residential home, how do they open themselves up to whatever's present? According to Billy Tolley, in an interview of Sci-Fi Wire, it's all about having an open mindset regarding the paranormal. He said, I think a lot of it has to do with intention personally, 
if you're a closed-minded individual and you say, ghosts do not exist, they won't exist to you. You'll find every, every single reason why they don't, no matter what experience comes your way. For the Ghost Adventures crew, it's helpful to step away from their work when they're not filming so that upon visiting the next haunted spot, their minds are recharged and ready for what's to come. Tali achieves this by spending a lot of time with his loved ones, while colleague Aaron Goodwin is a frequent guest of, you guessed it, Disneyland and naturally the Haunted Mansion. He does love Disneyland. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's take just a quick break. We'll be back with more Paranormal 60 News right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. All right, we are back. And uh, listen... I've got to do something that has not been done on the show in far too long. Mm-hmm. And I've got to get back to it. It's been just troublesome trying to get friends that have time to do this. So this time, whilst on very long flights, I decided to task myself with watching movies. And maybe movies I didn't want to see the first time around. They were going to be in the theaters. That's why we call this segment. It's time now for Upon Further Review. All right, in April, a new horror movie made its way into the theaters based on the real-life work and activity of Father Gabriel Amherst, the uh, exorcist for the Vatican and one of the lead exorcists. Pitipitips. Words words is hard. I'm drinking. So uh, let me try that again. He is the Pope's exorcist. At least that's what they call it in the movie. And when this originally came out, I I have to be honest with you, there was nothing about it that looked interesting to me. It looked schlocky. It looked sloppy. I I don't know. 
since I've seen it, I reviewed the trailer itself, and I don't know why I had that sense, but let's let's share it with everybody right now. Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. Did he allow that? Father Gabriele Amorth. On the night of June 4th, you performed an exorcism. That was not an exorcism. The majority of cases do not require an exorcism. 98% are recommended by him to doctors and psychiatrists. The other 2%, I call it evil. We have more questions for you, Father Mort. You have a problem with me. You talk to my boss, the Pope. There is a case that needs your attention. Take caution, there are secrets buried there. He's about to conceal. The church has fought against this demon before. The Vatican covered it up. We need to find out why. You've been played. You talk to fate. Whatever you do. You only do because God allows it. Did he allow that? Imagine what could happen if the devil possessed the soul of the Pope's exorcist. Who will defend you? My faith. Does not require defense. All right, so there you guys have had a chance to see the preview for the movie. Just, I'm just curious, where do you each think I'm going to come in on this movie? Chachi? I think you're going to like it, actually. Russell Crowe, hell of a talented actor. I think you're going to like it. All right. How about you, Detective? Yeah, the microphone is usually best when turned on. He's a detective. Let's start there. Well, I was on the other line with the Cecil Hotel, the uh, the, the front desk. You mean the Cecil, um, as 200 people in the chat room have now spelled out for you? It's Cecil. 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 Well, are they drinking? Are they drinking? No. Well, they're possibly, able to say possibly, it but I mean, it's like it's like a, a writing it properly. <laughs> it's it's Versailles. It's not uh, Versailles. Yeah, is no. it, it's Versailles. Versailles what? Versailles France? No, it's Versailles France. Shut your mouth. Wow. Okay. That's kind of saucy tonight. Wow. Like, okay, Greg. That's like our audience. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah. For a man that looks bruised about the face, what is going on with your lighting? That is a creepy old I know. aesthetic place. Like you would just yeah. went through an exorcism. No, there. it this yeah, is all right. This is the lighting from uh out this is natural lighting in here. Mm. So what do you think, Greg? Am I gonna like the Pope's Exorcist now that you've seen the trailer? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. All right, uh Colonel, where do you stand on that? You know, there, Dave, some of these movies that I really thought you were gonna like, you tore up. Mm-hmm. But in this case, in this one instance, I think you're going to say you like this movie. I have a question. Find out. Yes, why, please. Why does everybody who is possessed, why are they always sitting in the bed? Why don't they like fly around and do stuff? But they're always just Being sitting possessed in the bed. is very tiring. It's a lot of work for it's that. Like they're sitting in the bed through the whole movie. Yeah. They're sitting in the bed. Oh, you know. but he's, he's flinging people around. He's twisting people's necks. He's a lot like, of energy. I hey, need a rest. Don't go uh, in the room. A lot of energy exhausted there. Solve that. Don't go in the room. Lock the room. Usually, let sit in. I, I think it's because it always picks on a child who doesn't have much energy to begin with. They oh. they do kind of explain that in the movie. But um, so here it is, right? I, I uh, Father Gabriel Amort is the 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 person this is based on his cases. He's written many books, many articles. He was kind of a rebel, uh, a rock star actually with the Vatican and he kind of walked in a not as humble as you would think position, but he did a lot of amazing work. And uh, so the, the role uh, automatically, when you see this picture of father Gabriel Amort, do you think, you know, who's the only guy who could play him? Russell Crowe with a beard. Even though father Amort does not have one. Russell Crowe, that's our guy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think because it to me it was one of those trailers where it seemed to show the whole movie in a two-minute snap that it made me feel like, ah, I don't think I need to see this, uh, especially if I have to pay money in a theater. Right. I will say this now. I uh, liked the movie. The uh, The acting was good. The It was an interesting choice of cast. As you saw from the people in the cast, they did not go with conventional pretty people and i'm by no way putting down the attractiveness of anybody in the cast including uh russell crowe but they definitely humbled it down so that it wouldn't be like watching you know uh reese witherspoon then suddenly become this hunched over creepy demon Mm -hmm. it was more just like regular people and and the kid lent himself really well to the role as this demonic thing because he's already kind of unique looking mm-hmm. and has kind of a you know darker inset features so they could really play with his natural look to make him a little bit more chilling and they played kind of the game of is he isn't he what's going on and then when they pull the cord you know what's happening and it's a pretty uh interesting story this uh family uh they lose their father in a car accident the son was witness to it and is now pretty much mute as he watched his father become impaled and that's all I'll give away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing of real value the family has left is this old like monastery in Spain, which you know most of mm-hmm. us have one of those kicking around. Yeah. 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 Who doesn't, right? They don't. They don't have any money, but they're going to go in and restore and refurbish this entire place with contractors, as one does. And then their hope is to resell this property at a pretty penny. And um, all hell breaks loose, literally, figuratively, 
narratively, and it gets uh, it gets wonky real quick and uh, lots of violence. And Russell Crowe, he is very cool throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie, and this is about as much energy as he gives you. So it was this really kind of weird dichotomy of of action and and this very centered, unaffected priest, which Father Amorth really was very calm about this stuff. This was his deal, and he he did refer around ninety eight percent of the people that he encountered to medical staff, but then there there's that 2% that needed help. Now, this story is obviously blown way out of proportion because the Vatican knows something about this property and they've wanted it hidden all these years, which of course would be exactly why you'd let it fall in the hands of some chucklehead and his family, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, so that part made no sense. But uh, Russell Crowe goes in, kind of starts Dan Browning his way through the place, figuring out the clues to what he's going up against, trying to get the name of the demon to help exercise it from the uh, little boy in time before the boy's body finally gives out. I liked it. I think it was overall pretty good. It had some good creepy deals. I don't know why they had to make it a Father Amorth story. Um, You know, like when you watch the Conjuring movies, you know it's Ed and Lorraine Warren stories with a pumped up volume when you're taking a real religious character like father gabriel amorth and then blowing it way up it just feels that's the only part that feels disingenuous to me mm. this should have just been russell crowe as father pistachio almond whatever i like yeah. i like father jimmy yeah jimmy would work yeah 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 so he uh, not with the italian accent though maybe i don't know jimmy yeah, Jimmy, why do you do this? Jimmy, Jimmy. 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 Yeah. Uh, but it was good. It had some good scares, some good acting, uh, good special effects. On a scale of one to five phantoms, I'm going to throw this firmly in a three. Three. Three and a half uh, phantoms. Wow. Four. Yeah. Impressive. Wow. Impressive. So I, I dug it. I thought it was uh, good. So if you get a chance, I think it's out and available for streaming. It's certainly on Delta Airlines flights, so you could uh, check those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's where hey, I, I will leave you. Yeah. Dave, um, what would be a five? I was going to ask, what, what is your, your favorite always, movie of all time? Can I, I answer that? Can I answer that, Dave? Please. Yes, Colonel. Every Everyone knows The Conjuring. Yeah. The, the first Conjuring movie, to me, is a really good, scary horror movie. And I've said that I don't feel they wasted a cell a film on that movie, I'd give that as a horror movie overall. Like, and I don't mean gore like Freddy and Jason and and those, but just yeah. a good psychological horror movie. I think The Conjuring is kind of the bar to live up to. The first one, um, even though the story is very uh, far off center from the original tale, mm-hmm. the movie itself is a brilliantly done haunted house scary movie. So, so, so you're right, Marty. Yeah, I am always, always, but so I know. Dave, is that your I favorite think, paranormal yeah. movie of all time? That Sinister is another one. The first Sinister mm-hmm. really? to me was that really was well crazy. done because it took the kind of found footage uh, thing that was going on and turned it on its ear. And Ethan Hawke played such a great subdued character that was just going through all of this weird stuff. Uh, yeah. And that, that the boogeyman creature from the sinister movie really freaked yeah, me out. Sinister. I think it was so much better than what was that other uh, series that they just released another sequel to 
Um, frogs? Starts with an S, doesn't it? Starts with, uh, gosh darn it. Um, frogs? I was just the other day. No, not, not frogs. Um, I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, yeah, so uh, that's that. I, uh, I, you know, I give it three, three and a half phantoms for so, that movie. Dave, can I ask you, do you think that they are planning on setting this up to be like a series with this with this priest? This oh, I think that's what the hope was, but I don't think this movie did uh, enough I don't think it did to make it a the, series. The volume. I don't know. Let's it's my favorite part of the show. It's called Let's Ask Google. Okay, Google. What is the box office for the Pope's Exorcist? The Pope's Exorcist's box office is $74,800,000. Jeez. Yeah, $74 million. Mm. I wonder I how much it cost to make it. Okay, Google. <laughs> how much did it cost to make the post Pope's Exorcist? The Pope's Exorcist $15 million. $18 million. Wow, not bad. Good turn, but I, I would guess that they probably spent $40 million on on advertising. So I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it went in the winner category. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would mm-hmm. say they definitely gave it that vibe. Like let's find a new Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, and I just I think it missed that mark because of seventy eight. Had it hit a hundred million, maybe a hundred and ten million on an eighteen million budget. I think mm-hmm. we'll see some more Russell Crowe movies. But you also look at the Conjuring was like a ridiculously low budget of like ten million dollars, and it like made a billion it's insane yeah, how crazy. much money that movie made so yeah. all right let's get back to it we've only got three more stories to go and then i want to talk about the the paranormal travels that i've gone through uh chachi i've been on planes you spend most of your life on airplanes that i do this uh, this article begs the question what the hell is happening on planes well first i do want to say i just looked up here and believe it or not the pope's exorcist 2 is already under development Really? Whoa. Because they say it was only in the theaters for two weeks. So to make that kind of money in two weeks, longer run next time. That's not too bad then. I'm going to like to see it longer in the theaters. Mm. Go see it. Watch it. Rent it. Yeah. All right. So what's our next story here? Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I I was uh, on a plane the day Mm. that um, COVID kind of hit and the country kind of shut down. The last day they flew and I remember how eerie that was, but that was a silent eerie. Everyone was wondering what was going to happen. Right. This eerie is a whole different level. And if yeah. you've been on any social media in the last couple of days, you had to have seen this scary video. Yeah. A terrifying demonic meltdown was, there it is, captured on video on an airplane. The video wow. shows a woman screaming during a flight. She shouts a number, ooh, shouts. Is that the right word? Shout. 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 Uh, a number of experts, including the word bee. Bitch, yeah. While climbing climbing between the seats of the plane, as you see in the photograph there. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of this video is a flight attendant then urges the woman to get back in her seat, but the request falls on deaf ears. The woman gestures, gestures wildly and flails around as she makes a number of unintelligible sounds. She hangs off the overhead bins, gnashing her teeth. Eventually, and this is what I thought should have happened a long lot earlier in this video, two gentlemen stand up and approach the woman and restrain her. 
Twitter user Benny Johnson posted the video to his account and remarked, what the hell is happening on planes? This looks demonic. And if you look at her face in the video, she does not look like she is there. Mm-mm. No. She is not with it. The latest plane meltdown. And came- the fact that she's doing that kind of creepy crawling over the yeah. back yes. chairs and yeah. hanging from the, the, the luggage racks thing. Oh, <laughs> So that's the actual photo there, uh, Jeff? Yeah, that's that's yeah. a photo of the video, um, which I think, do we have the video, Dave, or is he just putting it into the yeah, link? We don't, because there was some cursing and uh, well, things that I just didn't have time to edit out. But uh, I think you put in the end of this, we are including the link for the video on tonight's show guide, so it's on there. Mark G said they replaced uh, the peanuts with meth. That pretty much answers it. Oh, yeah, that's a possibility. It. Yeah, I mean, wow. thank goodness if you if you watch the video, you'll see on the airplane, it's what more than half empty. Thank goodness, right? Because yeah. she's climbing along the tops of the seats, hanging from the the, the luggage bins there. Um, and if you think was it a week or ten days or so ago, we had that woman that before they ever left the airport, she was in the back of the plane, and she gets up and she's screaming, "Hey, hey, 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 she's hey, not hey, real bad. hey, hey, hey!" Simmer down. All right. That's the Colonel's next story. Oh. You two got to work this out together a little bit better. Gosh, wow. Remember that phone call earlier today, like at five? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the. That's the end of my story, Dave. Wait a um, minute. I have nothing else to say. He was doing a what segue. Would you do? Honestly, you see that woman screaming and cursing and just climbing over the backs of seats. Do you just duck and pray that, you know, she's not possessed? Uh, do you pray she is possessed so that this is even you know more interesting? Mm-hmm. Do you stand up and, and wallop her and just give her a good old right cross to knock her on her ass and then yeah. say I had to do I did that in the name of the Lord? What do you do? Well, I will say when I first started watching the video and I saw her behavior, my immediate thought was after what happened 22 years ago, I would jump my ass up and and restrain yeah. her. But then what's happened in the last six eight weeks? It's happened where people have restrained people that were acting a little off. Those people end up dying. Those people end up getting arrested and charged with murder. So then you got to wonder, do you get involved anymore? You got to ask yourself, you know, Chuck, you just got to ask yourself, what would Russell Crowe do? You know? (laughs) In Gladiator or in the Pope's Priest? A little of both. Didn't he he beat somebody at at a hotel with a phone? He Earlier did. in his career, yeah. 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 So that's what Maybe you don't, don't ask yourself what Russell Crowe do there. So I, I would like no. to go to the law enforcement officer here. Greg? Yeah. Yeah. What is the appropriate thing to do for an average everyday citizen who witnesses that? Uh, if they see it and they don't have the skill to defend themselves or anybody else, they kind of, kind of need to just watch and, and back up. If that person is just uh, like – Breaking some stuff and and crawling around and making let's noises. Say, yeah, person, let's say that person's Dave Schrader. What what would he do at that point? Yeah, Dave Schrader. Um, uh, he's gonna get into. A, I'm gonna do a uh, probably a uh, unilateral neck restraint on him and put him to sleep. Oh yeah. No no no. Yeah. If he's, he's saying, if he's well, a big guy, what what should I do? Oh, that question was. Dave Schrader. Yeah. Um, if, Obviously, for, you're gonna try. To put yeah, me in for a for a person exactly. <laughs> For a person that uh, um, if you can overpower that person and give them a good bear hug from hopefully from behind so they don't get you in your face uh, and kind of hold them or or take them to the ground and hold them to the ground. uh, But make sure that they're breathing. That helps. 
Uh, if while doing well, it, once again, yell, squeal like a pig, squeal he, like yeah. a pig. Here, here's the big kicker on it: is are they an immediate danger to somebody at that point? She was floating um, in the air and she had a bowl haircut. That's dangerous, right there, man. <laughs> yeah, in my book, she, right? You know what? If you're floating in the air, that's one check off the old yeah. red flag, right? Man. You got a bull haircut and you're oh. wearing a COVID mask. I used to work for a guy that had you're a You're going down. They're horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible yeah. people. All right, Colonel. What have you got next for us? Well, along that same theme, uh, a woman goes viral for bizarre outbursts on a plane. Hmm. Where have we heard that before? A woman aboard an American Airlines flight caused quite the scene when she was caught on camera freaking out and heading for the exit over an apparent passenger who said was not real. Mm. The bizarre, expletive-laden meltdown that went viral Monday reportedly occurred as the flight was preparing to depart Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. A, an airport wait, wait, was, was there any chance she was sitting next to Chachi, who That's was about already to say. like <laughs> eight, eight whiskeys uh, uh, <laughs> in? Bottles of well, Twelve. As she watched him just drink a bottle of, of scotch, like a two-liter bottle of... Can, like, this guy ain't real! He ain't exactly. Real. He can't drink that much! He's not real! Oh, makes so much more sense. Exactly. I'm telling you, I'm getting the F off this plane, and there's a reason why I'm getting the F off, and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it, the woman yells, as she placed paces to the front of the plane, according to the footage of the incident circulating on TikTok. I don't give two Fs, but I'm telling you right now, that MFR back there is not real. Hey, hey, come on, <laughs> Colonel. Simmer it down, man. What's with all the Fs and MFRs? I hear you, man. I, I can't put that on a shirt there, Marty. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, man, uh, you know. Hashtag MFR. Hey, this, yeah. is, okay, this is one thing. You know, she might be psycho, but she's looking out for everyone's, uh, you know, she making sure. Yeah. yeah. So she hey, wanna, we we uh, prefer to anyone. say having a emotional uh, episode. Absolutely. Yeah. The a psychos prefer psycho. they say that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good point. <laughs> what I didn't understand, though, was. Uh-huh. Are you pointing down, Dave, or down at yourself? Down, oh, down, down at Dave. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, if you notice in the video, she's doing uh -huh. the thing that flight attendants do, which is pointing with two fingers, right? Yeah. Because oh. she's on a plane, she knows protocol. She this isn't her first rodeo. Right. I'm going. Right. I'm going out one of these two doors. That's right. And if wow. I'm not mistaken, they have not found this woman. Correct? Like nobody else knows. Well, let's let the story oh. finish and find out. Wow. Well, my more? research says that I don't know if they found her or not, but um, yeah. So she might actually be. She might have been the person on your plane giving you your eight drinks there, Chach, this morning. Twelve. Yeah. 12. Yeah. Anyways, then she points to the rear of the plane, prompting other passengers to turn around to get a glimpse of the source of her concern. You can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not. I'm not going to die, the woman adds, before apparently leaving. The original poster, according to the Daily Mail, said the ordeal delayed the flight for roughly three hours as all passengers were forced to leave the plane before the reboarding. The person behind the account that posted the original video also claimed the woman was not arrested following the outburst. And again, 
Because of the language in this video, we cannot share it, but we do have a link for it in tonight's program guide, along with a very strange follow-up video that claims to have other eyewitnesses to this event that being she and that the being she witnessed. The two other witnesses claim to see man blink with eyelids that came from the sides, like a reptile, not a human. So, um, yeah. yeah. Really so all three links are on tonight's episode, so go all check them links. out. Not exactly. now. Wait until the show's over. For God's sakes, we still have more to talk about. Yeah, Virgil's got a Greg's got a whole nother story, and then we're going to talk about the haunting experiences and the spirits speaking directly to us in Germany and Prague. So let's oh. uh, let's let's wrap this thing up, Greg. You've got well, the let's blast this. Why don't I just read the headline and be done with it? Mm, no, I think All there's right. more to it. Well, there's a lot more to it, but the guys actually like, want to hear you. Go the guy's like seventy years old, and and he's really hard to understand. Wow. Well, I say go for it, Greg. Right. So Belfast taxi driver details experiences with ghosts that left him terrified. A man named Michael Osborne has admitted he has not touched a drink. Imagine that since uh, the unexplained events at 91 Beachmont Grove in June 1989, which caused John Skillen and his family to flee their home. Why don't you show that photo there, Dave? Oh, there it is. Ah, no respite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened with John and his family very much did happen because I was there when about four or five different incidents did happen, Michael said. I saw John after he was attacked when he went up to the bathroom, and it's something I can't explain to this day. How do you get scrape marks like nail marks on your ankles? And I would like to add in some ways to do that, but I'm going to just move on with the, the story. TG show there, yeah. Greg. Uh, they were very fresh, he said. John's a big lad, over six foot, a big strapping guy, and he doesn't fear an awful lot, but he was afraid that day, he said. He wouldn't have believed it at all, but it happened to him, and then he believed. Earlier this month, we told how John, wife Greta, and their family were terrorized by an apparition of a woman dressed in a Victorian clothing who suddenly began appearing in their terraced home in June 1989. The spirit, who Michael revealed was called Nora, physically attacked John, starting with slaps to the face and then escalating to sustained punches to the head and once being thrown across the room. Sounds like a uh, recent uh, movie we talked about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It would eventually force the family to leave the housing executive property, but not before the case made newspaper and TV headlines and drew crowds of curious spectators. John penned his own account of what happened called number 91 Belfast, a Belfast ghost story. But Michael is a first skill in relation to speak about the case since. The former taxi dri driver said John was a quiet man and at best of times never showed fear. But during the whole incident, his brothers and others knew he was in a bit of trouble. I was only it was only because of <laughs> God. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. There's the, 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 the words start moving. It was only because his family. I didn't want anything to happen to them. And there were things that were happening that he wasn't in control of. 
I was always skeptical and would have been laughing at most of these things happening, except when it got serious. My reaction was, these people can't be telling lies. My wife never told a lie in her life, he said. Oh. Yeah, it was a terrible thing that happened to them, but they got a lot of sympathy from people. Mm -hmm. She was a very religious woman, and I don't know what she saw, but she didn't sleep for a while. Michael, who is 70, said there's speculation that there was an apparent haunting, and it could have been leaked to an old burial ground in a site along a demolished brickwork near the Skellens' home. Thank wow. God it's back to you, Dave. Wow. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Lots of hard words. Greg B. Truglin', that's for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah. The flow, man. The flow. I do. I do think it's important to point this out. Let me see if I can find it. Um, oh, here we go. Let's see if I can find this. Yeah, uh, find wow. That. Hey, Marty. Aaron says, man, Marty told that story so well. Oh, man, Aaron. Aaron guy is just awesome. I like him. Yeah. And then yeah. J.R. Scary says, the words start moving. Now that's funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Your mama also believes the words start moving. Well, yeah, my, my mom sent me, to, sent me to a tutor because the words were moving around. Mm. Mm. Okay. Moving around. I actually prefer the next one down from that, Dave. Someone said, and he's only drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't yeah, go wrong. It was hard stuff. Uh, now we understand why. That. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about my trip. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about a couple of really cool haunted moments. We'll do that right after this. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com with many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. My Soultopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M Y. S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A dot com. Haunted Magazine 
Issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember kids, don't be normal, be paranormal. Hey, make sure to come on out for a weekend of paranormal investigating fun at the Anderson House in Wabasha, Minnesota. I am the special guest paranormal investigator along with Greg and Shar, who are running the event. It is August 18th through the 20th. Only nine tickets remain. Just nine tickets for this weekend event. We would love you to come out there. Tickets only 149 to attend and be part of the talks and the paranormal investigation. For all the information and to purchase tickets, plus information on room discounts, go check out darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. Dot com for all the news you need to know. That's it. Yeah. All right. Speaking so of all you need to know. Speaking what? of news, I uh, yeah. just wanted to point out, uh, Joanne said I did a great job. Okay. Good. Thanks. <laughs> Good. So let's go. Uh, we've moved on from that part of the show, Greg. Come on. That was minutes ago. This part of the show is all about me, my travels, my seeing the world. So, uh, show of hands, how many people here have been to Germany and Prague together? Together? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd just be you and me, Chach. Yeah, of course. I guess uh, Greg didn't go. We didn't, I don't know. We knew Marty, but he wasn't traveling as adeptly then as he is now. Um, we, we got to do a trip to Germany and Prague about eight years ago uh, with a quirky little fella who ran the events. And... Um, we all swore we'd never go on another one of his tours. <laughs> and uh, that's all. I'll leave it there. But I, it's been niggling at the back of my head thinking, I bet there's there's cooler places and more to do. So we went back to Germany and Prague with a sellout crew of 36 people came along with me to go and investigate Germany and Prague. And man, it was amazing. Uh, and I don't want to brag, guys, but you know, from time to time, while out on the road, you meet celebrities who happen to be fans of what we do here. Here's an example. Yeah, so hello. I am Frankenstein's monster, and this is my castle. We are here in Heidelberg, Germany, where we have come to travel and see the paranormal 60s, Dave Schrader. Big fan. Huge. I'm an original darkling. Wish you guys could be here with us. This is great. We're doing a little bit of reno renovation because, you know, the building's a little old. It's falling in on itself. But if you come to Heidelberg, come to visit me, yeah? It's very good. I think you'll like it. Thank you very much. And remember to listen to the best in paranormal programming. Listen to the Paranormal 60. Frankenstein's monster says so. 
Wow. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I, yeah, I never no, realized that Frankenstein sounded so similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, he's, he's from Germany. I mean, he's going to have that kind of Austria, German accent. Yeah, but yeah. more importantly, we've just learned that one of uh, Universal's most famous monsters is a fan of the Paranormal 60. It's been a while. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's a tear to your eye. It does, doesn't it? So we we had a great group, honestly, just a sweetheart group. And we were out with Mysterious Adventures Tours, which I do all my tours through now. Um, And we had a chance to see gorgeous places. We visited Burg Frankenstein. As a matter of fact, they're closing it down for, I think it's a couple of years they're going to be open through Halloween this year doing like these concert series. How cool is that for Halloween weekend? You can go see concerts and we just, just missed simply red was there. I think uh Kiefer Sutherland was there. Um, the Hollywood vampires were there really cool. And then a bunch of local bands. I, I didn't know. Um, so just getting a chance to go to these places and see it. And, and what I really love, I kind of feel like Papa bear watching everybody kind of experience these things for the first time. And, uh, you know, I brought our son Jack with, and he got to go and he's wanted to see Germany for years. So I told him that when I did a Germany trip, I would take him. I also got to see my son, Nathan, that was stationed out in Germany and he came out for a day to hang out with us. So very cool times. Uh, just a, a really, uh, exquisite set of circumstances throughout. So here's where it starts getting kind of fascinating. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but sometimes after a, a night of touring and traveling, we like to go stop at uh, a pub. A pub. Uh-huh. A pub? And, Is that where they drink? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's where they'll, sometimes they'll, they'll drink and they'll have uh, beer. So oh, we were, we had, we had had some drinks and, you know, Jack, was excited because he got his first official taste of liquor out there. He got the apple wine, mm-hmm. uh, which was very good. He enjoyed that, but he, you know, he tried a couple of the uh, Vison beers that were out there. He did fall in love with. If you guys, if you remember Chachi when we first went out there, and Nika introduced us to um, banana Vison, but she also introduced us to cola Vison. Banana Vison. Yeah. So cola Vison is like half Coca Cola, half uh and beer. So you drink it, and he he loved that. He put down probably about six of those during our trip. But everybody kept talking about Guinness, so he wanted to try Guinness, which is not as easy as one would think while traveling Germany and Prague to find Guinness. So we did end up finding this little bar once we got into uh, the Czech, and it was this really nice little. Uh, it was called the Guinness Pub, right? So there's no other reason to. Not Better go into Guinness, it. sir. Right, and it's yeah. downstairs in this ancient old building. So we go down, and uh, Jack comes down to have his first Guinness, and it's really kind of neat. So I'm down there, and there's my friend Tracy at the end of the bar, our friend Juan, our friend Gail, myself, and then Jack was was behind me. We're all standing up at the rail drinking, and. They don't speak English very well in the Czech. There's a lot of places in Germany where they speak pretty pretty decent English. Not so much in the Czech, at least not in the places we were visiting. But they got what we wanted. You just point to the bottle or point to the tap, and they knew exactly what to do. And they knew how to get your money, man. They knew they were fine with taking Good your with credit. That, huh? So 
we're standing there and behind the bar, the bartender is this little kid, which would not be allowed in the United States. This little like kid looks like he's about five years old. And all of a sudden he comes running out from behind the bar and heads off into another room. And well, after he's in the other room, Tracy at the end of the bar goes, Whoa, Hey. And she turns around grabbing her backside, claiming that something grabbed her on the thigh and buttocks. But we all just watched that little kid come chucking out. So we're all kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. Have another beer, Tracy. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're all kind of laughing. So I'm separated by her by two people, Juan and Gail. They both lean in for a drink. And I look to Tracy to talk. And she's standing there. And all of a sudden, violently, her, her uh, ponytail gets slapped. You see the ponytail come out from behind her head and smack her in the face. Her head was not moving. She didn't like do a head shake or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody came up behind her and smacked the, the ponytail. It flew completely around the face, smacked her, and she goes, oh, did you just see that? And I did. I physically mm. watched it happen. So I, I break out my phone. I open up Google Translate, and I type into it in English, is this bar haunted? And it pops it up in check, and I hold it up, and I hand it to the bartender, and she she gets that kind of frustrated, oh, tourist look, and she reads it, and then her eyes get huge, and she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, and she starts mm. nodding, and then she points, and she goes, underground, because they have all these underground systems, um, so really creepy. Mm. It, guys, I'm telling you, that was one of the weirdest things, to literally just watch a woman's ponytail lift up and fly around her face as though somebody hit it with really maximum force. That was a pretty cool moment. That's crazy. Pretty cool. No one, no one get, happened to get it on video or anything like no, that. No, because we were all just, we didn't know the bar was haunted. And huh. we thought she was drunk talking about something, grabbing her butt. So we just figured the kid ran by, maybe grazed by her. Right. Even though he did, he was like, I could see him. He was already well into the other room when she grabbed her butt. But I thought, you know, delayed reaction. You get the schwill mm-hmm. going. Oh, yeah. I could not explain the ponytail and the fact that the bartender then, oh, yeah, very haunted, right? So we go in and, uh, you know, we do some of these underground tours. And uh, one of the last ones we did in Germany in Mainz, the the tour guide was great. and, And there were a couple of tour guides with us. And they were all funny. They're all like, no, 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 not, not haunted. But when the lights are, are low or it's late at night and there's no one here, you can hear footsteps and yelling and cries. But it's not haunted. Not haunted, it's yeah. haunted. I don't work here. They, so they were all just selling themselves a bill of goods of why it was okay to work there. So uh, the culmination of our trip is that we got access to Huska Castle for about two and a half hours to ourselves. Nobody else was allowed there. We were the only ones in, and we were allowed to do a full investigation wherever we wanted in this building. So everybody's kind of split out, and, you know, there's the creepy chapel. And Huska Castle is this really interesting history of, you know, most castles are built to keep something from getting in. But Huska Castle was built to kind of stand guard over something evil that had been buried beneath it. And remember those stories, Chachi, when we were out there, right? It was one of the cooler locations. So we're all kind of split up. And at one point, I'm walking up the stairs, and I run into Corey. And there's this big room, and I see these tables. And I go, we should do some table tipping. Now, for those of you that don't know table tipping, it was big in the Victorian era. And a lot of people over in Europe still like it. It's They've done it on shows like Most Haunted and 
it's gotten a bad rap because you've seen Yvette's thumbs go underneath the table as it's shaking. Ooh, how did that happen? The whole idea is you're supposed to have your fingertips only on the table. So Anne and Renata from Australia, we're going to be doing an event, and I'll mention that to you real quickly too, uh, in March of 2025, or I'm sorry, 2024. March 2024, we're going to Australia. And uh, we're doing a tour over there with you, my lovely darklings. And uh, tickets will be up for that soon. If you're interested, email me, dave at paranormal60.com. And as soon as the, t- the ticket link goes up, I'll let you know. Uh, and it will be here in the next week or two. Anyway, um, Ann and Renata will be leading a lot of the ghost tours and haunts and, and, and investigations. And we're going to be doing full-on investigations in, I think, at least three locations in Australia. Uh, we're going to be near the Sydney area. So, uh, plus, we also get to stop at an animal refuge so we can um, pet koala bears, uh, go on the hunt for the elusive drop bear, Australia's cryptid, uh, get to see wallabies and koalas and kangaroos. But I digress. Fight, anyway, fight a kangaroo, I said, yeah. I said, I said, I said to uh, Ann and, and Renata, hey, come on, Aussie girls, let's do a little table tipping. So the idea is you you call upon the spirits. Everybody has their fingertips just on the table. And you ask the spirit to tip the table, like one way for yes, another way for no. And, you know, now I'm a huge skeptic of this. Chachi can attest. He was with me in Ireland. Greg, were you at the Ireland trip with us when yeah. you were doing the table tipping, right? I was, so yes. We're, they're, the ladies are going to run this table tipping in Ireland. And... We're all kind of, you know, the guys, I honestly, are a little bit more skeptical. The women were all in. They had their fingertips on the table, so excited. And the table, sure, sure as hell, starts moving and rocking and rolling. And we're all kind of looking around at each other. And and I go, I go to Chachi. I go, yeah, how come it only works when one of their guides is touching the table? So I go, oh, do the spirits really only work best through you? And they go, what do you mean? And I said, it only seems to work when you touch the table. So she took her hands off the table. And the table kept moving. Mm. And everybody's fingers are on top of the table. There's no understanding of what's going on. Later on in Ireland, they do glass scrying with us, which is like taking like a, a tumbler upside down on a, basically a Ouija board that's burned onto a tabletop. And Chachi and I, again, skeptically are watching. And, uh, you know, you put your finger on the glass rim and it moves around the table, allegedly, as they ask questions and it spells out words. So this thing's whizzing like crazy. So I tell Chachi, you are the master of shot glasses. Get your hand in there. <laughs> put your finger down on that glass and hold it in place so you can tell who's pulling it. Remember right. that, Chachi? Yep, that's exactly right. So what happened? Tell, tell the audience what happened when you went up there for the glass crying in Ireland. Yeah, I, I put my finger on that. I mean, it was turning purple. I was pushing so hard on it. I was bending it back. And I couldn't stop that glass of if I wanted to, that thing just hmm. was going crazy. Now, what's interesting is his, I couldn't believe it. his finger is purple and white from pushing down on it. Everybody else's finger is barely touching the glass. It was flying around that right. board. I mean, just and Chachi's trying to, and he comes over to me, he goes, Dude, I couldn't stop that glass. Yeah. Now, what his finger off, it didn't stop or, or it, it did not have any impact on it. It was crazy. One, one of the most impressive ones, we were when we were at uh, Chateau de Fogarette, uh, that table was freaking 200 pounds. 
mm-hmm. I don't know, 150 pounds. That was a giant oak table. Uh, and that thing stood up on two legs and stayed there. Right. And then it galloped, right? It, it, that was at one point crazy. it was galloping across from, and who was it? It pegged it, pegged the woman up against the bed. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, they, they had to stop it because of that. And I had, I had a GoPro and I had my cell phone and I had uh, a DSLR and I had it under it over at the side. And I've watched that video multiple times and, I don't get it. Can you get us some of that footage? I'd love to play sure. it on an upcoming episode. All right. Yep. So now you have kind of an idea. I, so I'm now I want to see my Australian girls from True Hauntings do table tipping. I want to see if there's any difference. And so we get in the room and we have this round copper line table. We take it. I find it out in the hall because the other two tables are really heavy and like they've got those thick metal bases. There's no move in this thing at all. L- literally, it would take Jesus Christ resurrection himself to lift this table up and move it around. So I wanted to find a table that's a little bit easier to move. And I take it from the hall and I put it in the middle of this room and I invite everybody in for table tipping. And Ann and Renata sit down and other people and they're doing it. And I've got a 16 minute video next week. I'm going to post the entire 16 minute video for the first attempt. Second attempt, about 13 minutes. And it starts it starts moving. The 16-minute video takes about 12 minutes. You're seeing little rocking, little movements, things like that. And then when it starts going, it's spinning. And they're all, they all have to get up, and they're chasing the table around as their fingertips are on the table. It's going in circles. The second group, um, what's really interesting is as they're doing their little deal, I'm standing there filming it, and, and Corey... One of the guys investigating, he's standing there with his hands kind of up like he's imagining he's helping to lift it. So I I kind of I'm holding the phone with one hand and with the other hand, I just drop it like his and we both lift our hands at the same time and the table jumps. It was insane. Mm. So much activity. So as the night progressed, they did this three times and uh, I've got this is the actual footage. Now, for those of you that are just listening this is the part of the show you probably want to going to tune out and go watch it on YouTube. Thank you for listening tonight. For those of you watching along, uh, I'm going to play the entire three-minute piece because remember where I told you I got the table? Well, this table starts in the room where we were doing the table tipping and ends back where it belongs. Watch this. Yeah. Actually, let me try it this way. I want to see if I could do this so we can watch it together and talk. Come towards me. You come towards me. Now, I do want to point out that one thing that's important to note is the people on this, aside from uh, Renata and Roman, Anne's husband, the others are skeptics. They wanted to see this happen for themselves, and they were, you know... Everybody I tried to put on the table at one point was some of the bigger skeptics in the room. So this is our final group. And Juan is one of the guys in here. Uh, Kevin is the voice uh, you're hearing over it. Corey, I believe, Renata, and Roman are doing this. So, again, I just wanted to put that in your head. These are the the skeptics of the group watching this happen. Now, unfortunately, for those of you that are skeptics, you're going to watch this and go, oh, well, conveniently, as the table moves, the camera is obscured. I understand but there's only so much you can do as, as the group is walking in circles as the table's moving. But keep watching. 
You are coming towards me. You are coming towards me. Just just where you Yeah. Just where you Look at how it's just gliding. So what, what you have to also say yeah. is Renata's husband is an engineer and he... Anne's husband. Anne's or husband, Anne's right. husband is an engineer and he is very, very pragmatic, very matter of fact and logical. So right. <laughs> if now, he's sitting here, there wondering about that. Now here's an interesting point because you see it slides to the door of the room and there's a lip and it couldn't get over the lip. So they actually kind of lifted it up over the lip to give it a little help. And it continues from there. They're speaking Czech to it, telling it where it's supposed to go. That was Daddy Camel, by the way, in Polish. <laughs> Yep, before we leave, go to your spot. Go to this. I'll stand in the spot where you go. Right here. Come to me. Come to me. Over here. Over here. So it's tilting. Here you go. Bring it to me. All the way. <laughs> you got a couple more foot. Come on. It's right there. You got a foot. A little further. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the table puts itself back where it belongs in the hallway. Crazy. Yeah, it Crazy. was it was amazing. That was the third time that they did the table tipping. Uh there is other footage I'm trying to get from Kevin where when they were first in the room and they were doing it in that third swap, it tips so much that Corey had to get down on his knees. And he's trying to keep his fingertips on the table, but only fingertips. And it, it just kind of balances there and holds, making mm. no logistical sense. Really a fun time, crazy activity. And people were really overwhelmed, even people that were not sensitive. Juan, he's like, Dave, I'm not I'm not sensitive, but this castle, man, it feels you could feel something when you got here. It was really overwhelming. 
And that's how a lot of people are responding to the power of Huska Castle. But I wanted to share that little piece of video footage. I thought it was pretty interesting cool. to share. Yeah, kind of a neat little uh, display yeah. of, of energy and, and ability. But that's it, guys. Uh, we are done for this week. Believe it or not, that's it uh, for the news. We, we did do a day early so that that way we could accommodate my travel schedule. Um, again, we will be back here uh, tomorrow night and we'll be talking about... Um, uh, serial killers and their demons with uh, Dr. Uh, G.P. Haggard. And I hope that you guys will consider coming in and watching that show. It is a brand new show. I did pre-record it earlier today, but it's brand new to all of you. So I hope that you'll be here for it. Guys, thanks for making time uh, for me and switching your schedules up to come here and do this on a Tuesday night. No okay. problem, Dave. All right. Well, that's it for me, Dave Schrader, and my co-anchors, Chachi. Greg Lawson, the paranormal detective, and the colonel himself. We'll be back again next week on Wednesday with a brand new edition of the Paranormal 60 News. It's Wednesday night, and I'm alone. The Paranormal 60's on. It's just for paranormal freaks like me With poltergeists and ghosts and blues and UAPs You miss a word, you do a shot It starts to snowball and we laugh a lot It's just like drinking with your TV friends I'll be best out before tonight's show ends Dreaming the aliens are taking me away I'll go wake up till something late on Saturday It's Wednesday night and I'm alone Paranormal 60s on Traders on Traders on Traders on Shachi and the Colonel and the Paranormal Detective always traders copy and they all will be directed He's got protective bracelets and some crazy magic tricks Even Scully cannot save him from the voice of Stevie Nicks Traders on, traders on. It's Wednesday night, don't be alone. The paranormal 60s on. Now one day Dave might even put me on his show There's a ghost in Mama's basement, man, I live down there, I know It's Wednesday night, don't be alone The paranormal 60s on Traders on Traders on Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. <laughs>